Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nejda Tsaturyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. This week, we are continuing our series of podcasts from the Science and Technology Convergence Conference. We were happy to be the media partner of the STC Conference, which was organized by SmartGate's Catalyst Foundation, with the support of the European Union and the GIZ Foundation. We have two guests on this week's podcast. Our first guest is Vikan Dusjan, the managing partner at Argonautic Ventures. He shared with us his perspective on the Armenian venture capital landscape and how he sees the future of venture funding for the Armenian startup ecosystem. Our second guest is Levon Budakyan, the founder of Wavi. Levon is one of the early members of the Armenian tech scene. We discussed with him how the tech industry in Armenia has evolved over the last decade and what problems they're working to solve with Wavi. Uh, Vikan John, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of everything you guys put out. Oh, thank you so much for that. Um, Vikan, let's start with a little bit of your background. Um, how did you get involved in the venture capital space? Yeah, so I started my um, my career in finance, so in investment banking uh, in San Francisco for a couple of years, focused on tech mergers and acquisitions, and then I left to join a private equity fund called Marlin Equity Partners that did um, full LBOs. So we were owning companies, operating them, doing add-ons, and then ultimately selling them or taking them public. And then I decided to disappoint my parents, and, and I le- left that job to... Uh, to co-found a compliance software company um, focused on the agriculture space. And I scaled that for about 30 years, raised a Series A, and then I left that business to my co-founders and I, I founded Argonautic Ventures. And the, um, the purpose of Argonautic Ventures was uh, to have everyone on the team be a former founder and really invest in the earliest stages. So we are a early stage focused venture fund. We invest pre-seed and seed. We recently launched a growth equity fund about 18 months ago so we can continue supporting our top performing investments uh, and founders and then also invest in some new um, investments. And our most recent investment that will be announced next week is actually uh, an Armenian technology company focused on machine learning infrastructure. Fantastic. Um, what it, What is it about having founders on the, on the VC team that makes the firm a little bit more unique or what is the differentiator from that perspective? As a former founder, I know that it's really hard to bring value as a venture investor because you're spread so thin. You have, you know, 130 portfolio companies. How can you spend time with everyone? And while I don't have the answer to that quite yet, uh, what I do know is it's important to be there in the early days. Because in those early days, typically the founder doesn't have expertise in everything. Right. You know, maybe we recently did a, I came from Munich uh, overnight, we recently did a um, construction technology computer vision investment there. And, you know, they're experts on um, computer vision but they don't know much about software, uh, how to scale a software business, build a software business, and, and that's what we can bring. Similar with Cognes, you know, right. a, a Yerevan-based um, fintech machine mm-hmm. learning company. We, we co-led their, their seed round. I met Vahe, you know, I worked closely with him to bring the MVP to market and really scale the product and expand beyond their initial channel partner and yeah. scale the team. So let's get to the the Armenian venture capital ecosystem. Um, you guys just had a panel on it. Give me your thoughts on where you feel the VC ecosystem is here in Armenia and what are some of the most important things that we need to focus on in order to grow it? Yeah, I've been very impressed at the quality of the technology and products yeah. that have come out of the Armenia um, tech ecosystem. 
Um, and that, that compounds, right? Once you, once you have these incredible companies like Service Titan, Pixar, yeah. et cetera, a lot of the employees there become founders. Right. And that's what you're starting to see. So that's a very exciting um, trend that I'm seeing is folks being spun out of these, um, these much larger, more successful tech companies here. Uh, and that's how we keep equity within our borders. So right. that's very exciting um, from an investment perspective, personally. And then from a professional standpoint, I think you're starting to see the, the technology bridge the gap from outside of our borders. So most of the founders that we're invested in that live here, they're in, in the U.S. or Canada or Germany where their customers are um, monthly, quarterly. So they make a point to get there, and I think that that needs to continue happening. We're all here in person at this conference. It's important right. to have those in-person interactions. Those connections, so yeah. I'd, I'd like to see more of that as we you know move past product market fit and into right. that growth hypothesis stage. One of the things that's noticeable in the VC ecosystem in Armenia is that almost all the firms we have are early stage firms they focus on the pre-seed or seed stage round and that's super important as you were saying because it keeps that it keeps that equity and the capital that's made from those investments within our ecosystem and then after once startups reach that growth stage they usually look at bigger markets like california or europe for for getting their next funding rounds do you think Armenia's ecosystem in the near future will mature to the point where we'll have growth stage vc funds in the country or Will we, for the foreseeable future, still look at the outside markets for that funding? Yeah, I don't know. That's a very good question. I, I think, I don't know if, I haven't seen the data around how many Series B and beyond companies there are in Armenia. I don't know if it would support a full growth equity right. fund. Um, perhaps it would. I'm not sure. I think what you'll start to see or what I hope to see is a lot of these early stage funds raise potentially opportunities funds so that they can continue supporting their to do um, follow-ups. Yeah, to do follow-on investments and maintain their ownership. So ownership isn't necessarily leaving our borders completely. Um, that being said, it's not a bad thing to bring in outside help. Right. You know, bringing in non-Armenians can be very beneficial, especially if they can be an asset in go-to-market or yeah. you know, governance, what, whatever it may be. Yeah. Is it important for a small ecosystem like Armenia to have those growth stage funds, or is it natural for even thriving smaller ecosystems to just be looking at the bigger markets for those rounds? I think it's important for the founders to be aware of what it takes to be funded by one of those uh, growth stage funds. I'm less, I'm less concerned about whether the growth equity funds sit here in Armenia. Right. I want to make sure that the founders that are building teams here know how to raise money, um, raise capital from those growth equity funds. That's, my, that's my primary um, area of focus personally from like a mentorship standpoint. Right. And you mentioned that your fund has raised a, a new fund that will be focused on growth stage companies. Are you guys looking at Armenia for, for deals? Yeah, absolutely. Our most recent deal, um, which hasn't been announced yet, but uh, it is an Armenian later stage company. So uh, that's one we also plan to continue to invest in a lot of the early stage Armenian companies right. that plan to raise follow-on capital um, later this year. Fantastic. Let's get to sort of where we are in the world today. Um, every week, it seems like there's some new uh, piece of news on the global economic situation and how that's affecting the capital markets and access to funding for startups. Um, help us make sense of it a little bit. Uh, where do you think we are in terms of access to funding, specifically for, for early stage startups? Has a lot of that dried up? Has it become much, much more difficult for companies to raise? Yeah, I, I think 
the amount of capital available in the market is the highest it's ever been. But recently with multiples coming down in public markets, the benchmark to get to that capital, to get to that dry powder is higher. Right. So you, you can't raise capital on a, on a sexy pitch deck. You actually need to have a strong product, product. Yeah. Strong fundamentals. If you're at the stage where you can get KPIs, um, you need to, you need to have that. And, and ultimately, if you're, if you're a strong business, you will find capital. We've yeah. had three businesses close rounds in the last two weeks. So um, I'm not concerned. I think what, what's more important is that these early stage companies manage their burn so that they can control their own destiny. Right. Um, if they do that, they'll be able to wait out this storm and be opportunistic and selective about who they want to partner with for this next stage of growth. You mentioned that VC firms are sitting on a lot of dry powder. They have a lot of capital that they haven't. Uh, allocated yet. What needs to happen in the markets for them to start spending that capital or investing that capital a little bit more liberally? Oh, well, I think uh, you'll start seeing it over the next couple quarters, just because a lot of these funds are are closed-ended. So most funds are 10-year fund durations. So at a certain point, you need to start deploying. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these large funds with multi-billion dollar um, sized funds. Um, They're writing very large checks and ultimately inflating valuations. It'll be interesting to see over the, uh, the coming months and quarters how those companies are affected with you know, flat and down rounds. I don't actually know the answer to that, but mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're uh, very closely tracking it. Right. Is there anything regarding the Armenian startup ecosystem that you're particularly looking at in, in the larger picture of these global macroeconomic trends? Yeah, I mean, we're very focused on machine learning um, infrastructure and applications. And I think when you look at some of the the top um, performing companies outside of the Armenia ecosystem, there are more and more of them are machine learning first. And, and the underlying technology is truly, you know, uh, machine learning or, or data science driven. So that's that's what excites us. Every investment we've done out of Armenia is, is machine learning first, um, technology. So that, that's what excites me the most and, um, what we'll probably continue investing in, in this region. Yeah. One of the things that I think we have to be proud of is that I think the percentage of deep tech companies coming out of Armenia as a percentage of the entire ecosystem is is quite high. So that's an exciting trend to see. Yeah. Again, we could talk about these topics for many, many more hours. Um, so I hope you'll join us again sometime in the future to dive deeper into these. And thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of these days, Nishday, we need to interview you. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're starting a show, let me know. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Vikan. Uh, my guest is Levon Boudagian, the founder and CEO of WaveI. And he was previously the co-founder and CTO and then CEO of Arkey. And he's been one of the really founding members of this whole global Armenian startup ecosystem that we see today. Uh, Levon Jan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Nishtar. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, Levon, uh, a few months ago, I wrote an article on high tech, and it was a profile on this organization that over the last 10 to 12 years has really helped bridge the Armenian startup and tech uh, network. And you were one of those early members of the organization, really one of the founders, I think you can say. Today, we're here at the Science and Technology Convergence Conference in Yegavan, and there's a couple hundred people here speaking about some really big ideas and tech and entrepreneurship. How, do you, how have you seen the evolution of this ecosystem over the last 
decade. And is this what you guys were always sort of working towards, having this presence in Armenia? Yes, certainly that's uh, what we're hoping for. I think it has been growing exponentially. Uh, it has been also moving up the value chain. Uh, if you are talking about uh, specifically software startups, you want to go uh, and capture as much of, of the margin and value as possible, which means this evolution from being more of outsourcing companies uh, than, or like individuals just working remotely, then to having teams here which are generating IP here, uh, product uh, development uh, and creating complete products and then kind of evolving to where even business development marketing is done from Armenia. So it is a completely uh, Armenian driven effort and we are actually able to play globally and be competitive uh, fully from Armenia. I think we have actually evolved in the direction. My previous company, Arki, was kind of one of the intermediate links there. We have had a couple successful uh, startups uh, that, that were started by uh, some of Arki employees, uh, and uh, it's been really great to see uh, that there are some very strong companies coming uh, out of Armenia and especially in the software space. And I think it also creates opportunity for the next step as we uh, branch into some of the adjacent industries uh, where we can try to really become best in the world in some of the areas that are currently undergoing softwareization or new opportunities being presented uh, because the technology evolved to a point where data is playing uh, a major role where software is playing a major role uh, and that was one of the main reasons to uh, start Wavewise. so it's a company that is uh, focused on uh, millimeter wave imaging radars uh, it's a new technology that allows uh, self-driving cars uh, and other applications uh, to uh, successfully operate in some environments where other sensors such as cameras or lidars are limited because, for for example, right. weather. So yeah, Armenian ecosystem uh, now I think is a lot more advanced and you can see it in every kind of fractal piece of the ecosystem where like two years ago there was maybe one company and now there are a few kind of that grew out of it and any opportunity to bring world-class uh, engineering, marketing, whatever, to Armenia has these effects of uh, multiplying knowledge here. And Armenia has to continue looking for opportunities uh, to identify niches where we can generate a lot of IP and revenue without having access to like the best logistics, uh, without having a large number of employees, for example, here, in some areas, we have fairly limited selection. Uh, we cannot compete just on price either. So we have to keep identifying these great opportunities. Uh, and I think the model should be, uh, when it comes to more engineering-driven companies, countries like Germany, where they have been able to become the best and in so many different niches. Or like more recently, we have seen similar evolution uh, in places like Czechia, or where uh, they have moved very aggressively up the value chain uh, across the board. In Armenia, we have successfully done that so far, only mostly in software. So I think the next challenge, uh, and that ties into some of the conversations uh, I've seen happening in Armenia, is to try to 
uh, do that in as many areas as possible. Strategic uh, directions. Yeah. Strategic directions, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I find most interesting about high tech and the initiative that you guys started is I think it's one of the most effective and it's probably created some of the biggest value from diaspora Armenia uh, connections and collaborations. What's your message to listeners from not just the tech industry, but people from finance or banking? How can they take the lessons that you guys learned from high tech and replicate it for other industries? Well, I think one lesson is that just a few people uh, working together coherently can make a huge impact. Like most people, there are many people on, on this planet, but most of them, they just do their own random things. So anytime you can have a group of people who are coordinated and work in a coordinated way, you can actually get surprising impact from relatively small groups being aligned. So we have been able to do quite a few uh, cool things with just a relatively small seed of like-minded uh, people in the Armenian slash Silicon Valley IT community. Um, and it has been in general um, great to, like you know usually when you meet uh, people from a similar background that like you'll have a lot in common and you'll yeah. be able to find a heavy alignment of goals when it comes to what we want to see happen in Armenia and worldwide. And I think so for, for others, it's just like start. Like if you if you see some area and you have a few world-class professionals, then start working together, meet up, get the right size of the initial group where you have to be somewhat selective so that... Uh, you have uh, high-quality interactions happening. I think moderation uh, of the objective of organization and the interactions that are happening to some degree is important. Uh, but, uh, yeah, even relatively small groups can actually start uh, making an impact. Yeah. One of your compatriots from high-tech, Narsas Ohanian, uh, often says that tech lended itself better to an initiative like that because of the networking culture that Silicon Valley had. Are there other industries that you think are, are natural for this model that high tech uh, used? I think actually the biggest advantage of tech has been that uh, it has been an area of major growth. So there are many opportunities anytime you identify uh, some place where there is a, a lot of growth. That means it comes with some free marketing because people pay attention to that. There are more opportunities to make money and uh, kind of financially influence things. Uh, so I think it's largely also about trying to identify areas where there would be some growth and like there right. would be some opportunity but usually armenians are good at naturally finding those like i've been pleasantly surprised <laughs> see that in in many countries abroad they usually end up yeah. in the right place uh, okay so let's uh let's move on to your your startups last year you had an exit from your company arkey uh, and now you founded Wavi. Talk to us a little bit about what the problem is that you guys are working to solve through Wavi. So Wavi, yeah, uh, we are, uh, like I mentioned, building a state-of-the-art, ideally best of, in the world, imaging radars. So those are radars uh, that are uh, usually relatively short range, but they give you pretty good pictures of what surrounds you. And they complement very well camera, for example, in the rain or in fog, where like some of the other uh, sensors would not work as well. And they are also good at, for example, measuring speed of objects. So uh, that creates uh, 
very good use cases um, in like biggest one is automotive. Like there are already radars used for like automatic braking in cars, but this would be used in autonomous driving. Same with like autonomous flying, uh, some applications, industrial applications, uh, potentially things like uh, sensors for VR, some biomedical applications. So it is a relatively niche sensor, but uh, it is quite useful in in a number of areas and uh, I've been uh, lucky uh, to find uh, two co-founders whose skill set complements very well mine. Uh, So I have software and uh, machine learning expertise. We have a best of the world expert in signal processing specifically for the automotive domain and in um, kind of RF IC design area. Uh, So we have the ability kind of to cover end-to-end, everything that needs to be done is in this product development. And uh, at the same time, we have a lot of experience in, in our areas. Uh, so, yeah, we have pretty good uh, confidence that what we'll be able to do, to yeah. build, will be uh, able to solve some of the problems that current generation of radars is, is facing. Mm-hmm. And does the company have any presence in Armenia yet or any plans to? So this trip has been very useful. I mean, I knew the software ecosystem in Armenia. I have been looking more and more into radio uh, and hardware ecosystem. Uh, We had good meetings in the engineering city, for example. The message of uh, the engineering city leadership, Aram and others, uh, is very well received by us also. I think uh, we will see some good opportunities to cooperate with them and some of the other companies with shared equipment, uh, some of their capacity on prototyping uh, would be very useful. So we see a lot of value in in actually doing some of this design in Armenia. So we'll be building presence in Armenia. And my co-founders are also kind of ethnically Armenian. So this is a natural place for all of us to meet. Find talent, build teams and stuff. Anything uh, strategy-wise that uh, Armenia should be focusing on to have more of a talent pool for things like signal processing and hardware engineering, or do you think we're on a good track for subfields? I think ideally I would see some kind of strategy for scientific development in the country. Like there is a lot of great one-off kind of projects and they sometimes play very well together, but there are some gaps in areas where maybe there's just no one and like we haven't found anyone. So I think... Uh, having somebody kind of look at everything, whether it's like material science, chemical engineering, I don't know, laser, see what what is that is important for the country and what we already have, kind of what is missing and try to put most of the bets in the areas where uh, we currently have gaps, I think would be very useful. Yeah. And my last question, Levon, what do you hope to see in the coming five to 10 years for the Armenian ecosystems, what are some areas that you, you really think we should be focused on? Uh, I think education is one big one. We uh, hope to see more just world-class research here. And probably for that, we have to, we cannot do it too broadly. So we'll have to pick some areas uh, yeah. where we already have uh, good uh, experts, especially in the diaspora. I mean, realize also uh, the diaspora potential, bring it all together. We have seen a number of initiatives like that already, but uh, I think they will be coming to fruition, and I hope to see more of that. Uh, uh, Because uh, solving hard problems requires uh, good research as well, and uh, Armenians are entrepreneurial, but like if we we had the kind of R&D piece, we'll, we'll be 
stronger, stronger yeah. yeah. And, and in general, kind of moving up the chain of uh, our exports, yeah. like in terms of value add, is one of my uh, hopes. Uh, I want to see uh, Armenia uh, manufacturing really complex stuff as much as possible and uh, not just exporting kind of raw materials and agricultural right. goods. Okay, Levin, hopefully you'll join us again in the future to, to dive deeper into these topics. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, my pleasure. Thanks, Levin Jones.